Hey everyone, welcome to The Breakdown. My name is Kurt. And I'm Luke. Ooh, any, anything else you want to add to that? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm Luke. You are. Luke Nicholas Rock. Ooh, there we go. sweet. Yeah. Hey, you, what's your middle name? Do you really want to know? Well, I think we need to pause for a moment and, and kind of deal with this Nicholas. I, I, you, went, you can't hold those things out. Like, I never knew that. Yeah, it's, that's my middle name. Luke Nicholas yep. Rock. It is not a family name. My parents just liked it. I do like so. it. I like the way that sounds. I am Kurt Timothy McWilliams. Oh, I love that. After my father. Okay. Timothy. Okay. Yeah. So I like my name. It's a strong name. It took me years to like my name. I love my name. It's a great name. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a long time. Not for anything to do with my father, but Kurt was hard to... When you're a kid, Kurt is kind of a hard name to like, really? That's my name? You know, <laughs> I got the strong German name. Are we German? No, <clears throat> it's just uh, my name is Kurt. So I like it's it. great. It's awesome. It means wise counselor. And I have just seen that gift of the Lord. That's awesome. It's awesome. So, man, I am excited. You know, this show is airing at a time where your class is actually wrapping up. Just wrapping up. So yep. it's so cool. I just want to say it has been an amazing start to school of the spirit. It's so cool. I I've been blown away, um, and every every year, every semester I am, but you know, it seems like when we go through these difficult and turbulent times, coming through the summer and really learning everything we did in last year's season, even just something like trimesters versus semesters and trying to cram more in, the Lord just is showing us, um, you know, you go to other schools, you have an experience where I always say that sometimes... Um, we go to these education places and it's like a machine gun. It's like, we're going to get you as much information as fast as possible. And, you know, only what sticks is what remains. But God, the secret sauce of the school of the spirit is the soaking and the saturating and the marinating. Mm. So it's been a lot of fun um, going through that difficult summer of like, God, like, what do we need to refine? How can we make it better? Of course, always working through a lot of the challenges like mm. technology. Coming into our first three days, brother, it has been amazing. It's been so cool. That is awesome. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Yeah, I actually, because, um, you know, we can, we can kind of get bogged down by, by the bigness yeah. or the, the work that goes into, you know, you know, implementing something so special or a ministry uh -huh. like that. I had listened to a message yesterday, and I just thought of it now. The, the, the pastor was talking about how, you know, we we look at burdens in our life and it's like a lot of times the big blessings come with like a bigger burden mm. like so the the stewarding of yeah. school of the spirit it's a blessing yeah but it can feel like these burdens yes. like working through technology so it's it's not that that those are mutually exclusive no. it's see things for what they are blessings mm -hmm. and then yeah it can be hard to till the ground it can yeah. be hard to get things up and running but that's just part of what we get to do when when we're blessed in such a, a big way that's so good and such a great reminder that it's not by might like zachariah communicates not by the power of our flesh but by his spirit mm -hmm. not by might nor by power but by his spirit and so we continue to lean in with you talking about those burdens it's a it's kind of a good PSA to throw out there right now, public service announcement, which I think, wasn't Pastor Zach even saying that on Sunday? Yeah, it was like a housekeeping yeah. PSA. It was like, I got a public service announcement right now, and this is a great reason to be regularly praying for our pastors mm -hmm. and be, be praying for our pastors, Zach and Ashley. 
yes, our entire lead team, our pastors, we want you to cover uh, us all and everyone in prayer. But specifically, you know, you start to to watch the seasons and it's like, just be praying because it's, it is this place of, it's not a burden and a heavyweight to carry. It's the burden of stewardship. Like I want to make sure. And I, you know, many of us have had these conversations with Pastor Zach and Ashley, man, most of the time there's tears in their eyes. They just want to steward it correctly. Right. right. That's it, you know? And, and so it's so important that we are yeah. actually covering them in prayer right. and seeing that heart. Like it, it can be a major burden and the enemy would love to just apply weight. Mm. We have a responsibility as, as team members and family in the church to cover them in prayer. Yeah. And I think that that heart of prayer mm. is the first point of application for us yeah. as we go into processing the message from Sunday. Yeah. Um, because when we have a heart of prayer, mm. who are we looking towards? We're not looking towards ourselves. We're not looking to another man or woman. We're looking to God. Yeah. We're bringing things before God. Mm-hmm. And, and we're trusting him uh, with the outcome. Yeah. And I think that, that it's from that place, from that upward um, posture, like where we're yes. looking up to, up to God and trusting him to do the work and for him to show us how to walk and how to uh, talk to one another and process different things. So good. That's, I think that's where we have to start from. That's really good. I love that you're saying that because if it's anything less, it's not going to work. It's, right. it's got to be that heart of prayer that we're looking up beyond any individual, beyond right. any circumstance or situation. We're looking up to the Father. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, what, that's where we're putting all of our stock, yep. not in a system, or anything, not in a man. We're putting all of our stock yes. in the Lord. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and so, yeah, there's so much here I could break down. I want to come back to this point mm-hmm. you brought up about Sunday. Pastor Zach, um, beginning his message, talking about, especially first service, saying this is a housekeeping message. Now, I always say, I could have been born on a pew. I've been in church my whole life. I hear housekeeping. I think, okay, one of two things. Like, he is probably going to say, hey, we need to do some cleanup here. Let's talk about mm-hmm. some things. Or he's going to say, hey, here's something good. To, to keep in your, your repertoire for how to keep your house clean. Mm-hmm. How, this Here's something. I'm going to give you some good materials. And that's kind of what I was hearing on Sunday. This is going to be like good. A good housekeeping tip. Yeah, this, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, this is a good housekeeping <laughs> right, tip. Okay. Hold on to these truths. And, yeah. and, you know, we go from Genesis with the raven and the dove all the way to Titus with to the pure. All there things was are a pure. lot of stuff there. There was, there was just a lot. There's so <laughs> much. There's so much. And so, you know, oh, when we look at a message or we hear a message and we understand how God is moving in this church with uh, a what we would term a fivefold representation, apostolic, prophetic, pastoral, evangelistic teaching, with all of those, we see, okay, you know, there's going to be things I'm going to pick up differently in each message. You and I were talking off the mic mm-hmm. about how we've come through a season of an evangelistic thrust. We are a church of prophets. So mm-hmm. I love it. I feel like there's so much that we, we get to soak in and absorb yep. in uh, that a, a message that is like, hey, this is housekeeping. That's where, you know, I just want to say too, I, I could imagine that maybe Pastor Zach felt like, okay, there's nothing super profound in this message, but I actually feel like there is oh, because yeah. there, this is going to be like, this is good stuff to keep to keep the house clean. These are good tips. That's the word tips. This is great things to have in the back of your pocket that if you start to realize that, hey, you're kind of seeing things as defiled, or if you start to get caught up in disputes and division, Mm -hmm. 
that's a good heart posture check right there. Um, so I'll let you share a couple of things and I'll jump right into this passage here from Titus. I know you're stirring over there. Oh, yeah. So, well, well, that's why I, you know, I really jumped on what you were saying before about praying for yeah. our church leadership, praying for just praying for, for the direction of our church and that our hearts would all be in line with the Father's heart. Mm. Because I, I guess if I had to, um, if I had to put into one sentence, what was my takeaway from the message on yeah. Sunday? It really does come down to heart posture. Yeah. Because to avoid the negatives of, of being yes. divisive, yes. of being factious, or, or, you know, really wanting to harp on what you think is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. The only way to avoid that is to have the Father's heart and have the mind of Christ, which we have those things as believers. Yes. But we have to live from that Yes, place. we do. And it's through communing with God, talking to God, and, and stopping. Like one thing I've been trying to do more, and I, I, I've done it better this year than I have in the past, still have, can do it better, but it's when, when you're in a situation, mm. stopping and asking God, like, God, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Where are you here? Because mm. we talk about doing that in the past. Like we, yeah. can, we can go in our past yes. and, and the healing of old memories or traumas or situations, but we can do that in the present. Yes, sir. We can stop yes. and say, Jesus, where are you now? Right now in this moment. Yeah. And, and when we're talking about, like Pastor Zach talked about the dove versus the raven. Mm. And it, it's, you know, instead of looking for, de- for death, it's, okay, I can see the negative of a situation. I can see what's going on through the lens of this is terrible. Yeah. Um, and it and it could be terrible. It actually like all those things could be true. Like the raven picks up dead meat, so mm-hmm. there is so death is present. Yeah. It's not like we're saying oh death doesn't exist. That's right. Or, yep. or those things that you see as negative, they don't exist. No, they do. Yeah. But it's within that. What what is the spirit of God doing? And that in His spirit is peace and life. And so we have to process everything through that first. This is so good, Luke, because this is where I would pair the, not, not just the analogy, but the actual truth of the facts of Noah sending out the raven first and then sending out the dove with this passage in Titus, to the pure all things are pure, and to those who are uh, defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Right. So if you pair that with the dove and the purity versus the raven and the defiled, mm-hmm. so you have that raven that's only going to see death, designed to see death. So what the scripture is communicating here in Titus 1 is that to the pure, all things are pure. So what what the Lord expects from us, this is why Jesus says, you must become like a child. Kids have this child, like you Mm -hmm. said it, We've talked about it before. Oh, yeah. I never use the word promise in my house. My word is, my kids just believe. You said it. I believe it. Dad said. Dad said. You promised. (laughs) I never promised. (laughs) But this is how the Lord expects us to be with him. So if we approach life with, okay, there might be carnage around us, right? There. It might be. It might look like ten thousand are falling on our. We side. could be part of the carnage. There you go. Like, that's the thing too. Like you might be the one who's. Yes. Like you messed up because we all we all mess up. We we sin. We we don't. We're not always acting out of the fruit of the spirit. That's right. Even if we have made the mess ourselves. Yes. Okay. This is. I love what you're saying. We can actually get the heart of the mm-hmm. Father mm-hmm. in the situation. Send out the dove to look for Lord. Where's their life? Yeah. 
in this mess, in this not carnage. coming out of me. That's right. So- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send the raven every time, God. <laughs> I'm gonna, but, but this is where it's like we make this shift. If to the pure, all things are pure. You know, the Lord kind of, I, I have to be careful what I say here because um, I know, I, I don't know if people think I'm crazy sometimes, but I guess I would say it this way. I've really tried to be attentive to listening to the Lord. And sometimes I will just sense a scripture come up out of my heart mm-hmm. that I have to go and find. It's there. Yeah. It's coming up out of my mm-hmm. spirit. I must have read it before or the Holy Spirit's quickening it to me. Yep. So I'll get it. And I'm like, is that really a passage? And the Lord will direct me. And this happens to be one of those. Yeah. To the pure, all things are pure. I've spent about a year in this passage, literally rehearsing this passage. So in effect, I feel that I was primed for Sunday's message when Pastor that Zach is awesome. <laughs> He's like, at least one of us was. <laughs> yeah. I was primed for this message because I'm like, yes, I, I get it. I remember when the Lord was hitting me square between the eyes with this passage from Titus, challenging me to the pure, all things are pure. Are you applying that defilement to a situation? Like even if there's defilement there, Mm -hmm. but there's purity that's there too. I mean, it it can be, it can be really busy. It can be really confusing. But like I said, over this past year, the Lord has been pressing this scripture in my soul. Mm -hmm. So challenging Am I just going to see defilement or am I going to see purity? It's amazing as the Lord begins to shift that perspective. Right. And like you're saying, you're no longer the raven only looking for carnage. Right. You are looking for where the life right. is. Right. And, and, you know, Pastor Zach, because he, he preached out of Titus, he, you know, he jumped around to different, um, different verses. And then and he did tell us that he wants everybody to go read it. Yeah. Uh, and Titus is super easy. It's three chapters. You can read it in probably under 10 minutes. Yeah, seriously. Um, and then you can tell, you know, someone asks you, what did you do for devotions? Like, <laughs> I read, oh, you know, I just read a whole book. Read a whole book of the um, Bible. Yeah. That's where I was. <laughs> um, ti- but yeah, Titus, um, what's going on there? Because I think it's important for us to, we, we can talk about it here too. Um, so Paul had, he's writing to Titus who he had set over mm-hmm. this church. Um, and then he told him like how to set up like elders in each town. And he's telling him you know, like there's an order here. Yeah. And then he's, he's reminding him of that because there were problems within the churches there. Um, and, and what was going on there where there were these people who were trying to, um, bring in elements of the old, uh, uh, the old covenant, the circumcision and following Jewish laws. And Paul's saying like, you don't, like these people are basically like to sum it up, these people were causing problems and they weren't, their heart posture was not for the gospel. They were all about themselves. Mm -hmm. And and there, and I was reading and it it even alludes to like, they were actually like doing it for their own gain. So somehow some of them were making money off of this. And it's like, that's, that's that, that, that spirit of like, I'm going to like take advantage of this situation for myself. Yeah. Um, and because then what does Paul, ta- he calls them back to how it's all about grace. Yeah. And then what, but then what should the people be doing? What should they be doing in the churches? And it's basically do good, live out of this pure heart, like do the work of, do the work of the gospel. But again, it's not out of a, oh, I'm, I'm doing this so that I can please God. It's because my heart is pure, because I am under grace. And I'm just paraphrasing the whole book at this no, point. No, it's great. But it's. I now live out of that place and it's not about me. Mm-hmm. And then that's also why he talks about like, you know, submit to 
the governing authorities because yeah. like your your job our primary role in this life is not to you know go and and be tit for tat with every you know authority figure in our life yep but it, it's supposed to be about like Patrick was saying like the authority that we're under is God yeah that's right I belong to God so now I live as a citizen of heaven that's right and everything that I do is a prophetic declaration of bringing heaven to earth yes. This is, there's so much, honestly, I feel like we could spend an entire week on this stuff right here because it's just not understood in our, dare I say, Western Christianity, where we're so used to our rights and, and what we have. Paul's New Testament writings are completely him talking about, I'm a bondservant of the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. I'm a prisoner of the Lord Jesus right. Christ. I go where he tells me, and it's really not about my rights. Right. I give up my rights. Mm-hmm. So this whole concept of when we come to the Lord, we are ultimately submitting to his authority, which helps us come under any other authority. Right. Like it, this, is, this is the part, I think, that when we look at uh, last year, Watchman Nee's book, a Spiritual Authority, kind of swept through our leadership team. Uh, my wife and I had read it previously at our other church, and just really, it was a great read for our mm-hmm. lives. It is so paramount to understand that God operates in and through authority. And even if there is an authority that is over you, that you may say, I wouldn't do it that way, or I don't know, it's kind of shady what you're doing there. Like you submit, you being submitted to the Lord and being his bond servant and submitting to him helps you actually come under and honor the authorities that are above you, above you, even if there's weird crookedness, shadiness going right. on there. We we're not, like you said, we're not always trying to come up against every authority, like we're gonna change it. Jesus knew exactly what the father had for him. Right. And, and that's, and that's the thing is like, it's not that because Jesus also taught us about how to handle disputes. That's right. And, um, and even, you know, Paul writing to Titus is saying like the way you hand, he gives him like a protocol for how you handle these factious people. Yeah. Um, and like Jesus in Matthew 18 tells us like, if you have an issue with your brother, like you go to him. And, and so we are supposed to call out things that are against the the that's right the, the word of God or yep. or when we're out of line, um. So it's not that we give like this carte blanche no. to every authority. And it's like, well, they're an authority figure, so I just go along with whatever they say. No, no. That's that's not the right thing either. Like that's this right. isn't a cop out. No. to you know calling like to not to, so we don't call people out. It's again, are you gonna go in it like a raven? And it's like I'm just here to cause. Mm. Like I just want to point out. This is the death that this person is yep. bringing, yep. or is it okay? There's a problem here, but I'm approaching it from the spirit of God because the Holy Spirit wants to convict. That's right. The Holy Spirit wants us. We want to earn that person mm-hmm. for the kingdom. So, you know, that's that's the heart posture. Yeah, uh, it's not that we don't address things. No, that's right. It's so and, critical, and, and we don't just go along with things that are against the word of God. No, not at all. And I think you you can look. I mean, we have countless of right oh, yeah. countless writings in this in this scripture I'm holding right here. I think about Daniel. I think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because Abednego because I can't remember the Hebrew names right yeah. now. So or the the Hebrew midwives. <laughs> yes, yes. You have so many accounts of people saying, "Okay, you know, yeah, we're under God's authority. We're going to follow Him," and that actually bringing them to a place of elevation under natural authority. But I I will say this, Luke. One of the best examples that I've seen is actually Joseph and Daniel. When you read 
in Genesis about Joseph and the way that he conducted himself, and you read about Daniel and the way that he conducted himself, never, ever was there dishonor for the king because they recognized that, okay, nobody can be a king unless the Lord has actually established that place of authority. And, and you can find these patterns in the New Testament as well, that God yeah. is the one himself who has established authority. And there, we don't have to be afraid. We just have to stay doing what's right. Mm-hmm. So you see the way that Daniel conducts himself with the king. And it's like, he, there are times he said, hey, I, I remember when he's getting pulled out of the lion's den. And he's like, hey, you better believe I'm alive. My God sent his angel and shut the mouth of the lions because I didn't wrong you, king. And I stand before the Lord justified. I haven't done anything to dishonor mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. God is looking for this heart posture right. that is ultimately submitted to him so he can even bring us to places yeah. where we might be under authority mm-hmm. that um, it could even be goofy, it could be wrong, but God installs us into a place so that he can actually touch that authority's heart. We don't know mm-hmm. all these pictures. Well, that's why I think it's important for us to you know, be seeing with through the lens of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And Holy Spirit, you have to show me what's going on here. That's right. Because I have you an opinion. That. Yep. That's true. I have an, op- <laughs> I have an opinion. <laughs> I, I could make a good case in yep. some ways, you know, for, to operate a certain way. Um, but I need you to show me if that's the right way. Yeah. And then also, like, even what are you seeing? Because God sees things even better than, than, than we can in our, in our own natural eyes. Yeah. And, I, and that's, what, that's the thing. Another thing, like, I've been, like, the Lord's shown me is, like, even your good ideas, they could be better ideas if, if, if you submit them to the Lord. That's right. Like we don't just go to the Lord for when it's like, okay, I couldn't handle this one, so now I'm bringing it to you. It's yeah. like, no, bring everything, everything to God. It's interesting. We're kind of on this place of authority and submitting and seeing through the lens of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, asking the Lord what's going on in a situation. Um, and I just, I come back to this place of authority. So there was this piece on the message on Sunday, both services, that it's like, I really had to seek the Lord and pray, Lord, where, where do we reconcile this point? And Pastor Zach start, started talking about some of the authority in the church and how the, the, the elders that we have, the earliest three, the ones who have been mm-hmm. here from the beginning, how the Lord gave them a dream that, and that dream came to fruition. And I'm thinking, wow, okay. So I took away from that part of the message on Sunday, like, okay, like if you come back to you know, remind them to be subject to the rulers and authorities. I know Pastor Zach was mm-hmm. talking about in the world, but even in our church culture, it was just a reminder to me that, okay, we have this governing body mm-hmm. in our church that Paul writes the letters to Timothy and Titus and talks about what a church should look like with elders mm-hmm. and bishops or overseers and deacons mm-hmm. and all these different roles yeah. um, that are not titles. They're actually supportive role yeah function holding up this government or governance of the church it's like okay like the lord installed these things we can trust this process that god is still in this right and then and even pastor zach brought it before the congregation at the time i know and said is there any reason why they shouldn't qualify as Mm. biblical elders because again it's like everything is going to match up with with scripture yeah and and i think it's been two weeks in a row that pastor zach's um, emphasize how important scripture is. Yes. How perfect it is. Yes. It's, it's without errors. It, it's and it's we have to listen to every part of it. Mm. So in our final few minutes here, you know, moving from this place of authority or or just the place that you were bringing us to with the word. I mean, you know me. I, I had to pause because I'll go off on the word all day mm-hmm. long. It's so good. But we we come down to one of the final passages that we were reading together as a church on Sunday, and it was uh, Titus. Three nine, but avoid foolish 
disputes, mm. genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law, for they're unprofitable and useless. And then we have this next part, <clears throat> excuse me, about rejecting a divisive man after the first and second admonition. Um, so looking at this place here, again, I, I love Pastor Zach's joke about like, you know, nobody today is really arguing arguing about genealogies, although they kind of are with this new swab your cheek find out. It's like, no, oh, I funny. know my family's yeah. Italian or, you know, <laughs> and they kind of find out they came from somewhere totally different, you know. But here we're talking about the Jews and these yeah. disputes and, you know, all, all this stuff is going on. But what we need to hone into and hone in on is, okay, what are the foolish disputes? Because that, that phrase will get me every time. What are the fuel, foolish disputes that are kind of being kicked up by the enemy to cause division, to mm-hmm. cause dissension? And I want to say this about division. Paul says, where there are envy, strife, and division, you are still carnal, or you are still acting like mere men. Right. You're not just mere human flesh. Right. You have exactly what you've been right. saying, Luke. You have the Spirit of God inside. Mm-hmm. So that mature place of a foolish dispute is to be able to cut through yeah. with the word and spirit yep. and say, okay, Lord, what's really going on here? And right. how do we bring a reconciliation? How do we help? Right. And I think it's, it's, it's are you approaching a, the situation with a chip on your shoulder mm. where it's, okay, I'm approaching this from a place like where like I've been wrong and mm. I'm going to like do this. I'm, I'm going to do this, 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 yeah. you know? and you, you, you hurt me in this way. And it's, again, I'm not even saying that, that you could be telling the truth 100%, mm-hmm. but it's processing that situation first through, I'm following the Holy Spirit. I'm, you know, Pastor Zach says this a lot, follow the dove. Okay? Mm. So we're going to, how do I follow the dove in this situation? And the Holy Spirit, and it takes faith to do that because sure does. you trust your flesh. Like I know. you wake up in the flesh. When you open your eyes, your fleshly eyes open every day when you get out of bed and mm-hmm. your fleshly feet touch the floor. Mm. So, but it's okay. Let's live from the spirit. Yes. Let's live from the spirit. Yes. And it takes, it takes faith. But when you do that, you're going to find that the Holy Spirit will give you words, yep. the right words at the right time. You're going to have peace. You're going to have all those fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You're going to have those things. And so it's from that place that you're now going to tackle so good. this issue yes. and, and work things out because now it's not, it's not me versus you. That's right. It's okay. This happened. Yep. How do we take it to God? Who's the only one who can really fix it. That's right. In a way that both of us come out of this healed. This is, this is where we hearken back to the first chapter of Titus. To the pure, all things are pure. If I approach a situation with a defiled chip on my shoulder, mm-hmm. like I've got something to prove, we've got, we've got, mm-hmm. I've been waiting to get into this with you. Yes. Versus like, okay, we've got an issue. Or there's an issue here. One of the bigger lessons that the Lord has taught both Jennifer and I is that when something happens in our marriage to cause an upset, whether it's communication, whatever it may be, the goal is to we are already one. Right. We're already one. This is coming against our oneness. So our goal is to stay in mm. oneness and attack that thing together. Correct. That's coming yes. against our oneness. Yes. Same yes. thing in every relationship. Yes. This is our goal and responsibility. Right. Or in a church setting where right. we're we don't want to see division, or you know, in an organization or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Yeah. And Paul talks about that. He's like, work <clears throat> to preserve, you know, 
the unity, unity of, the, of spirit. the spirit. That's in right. The bond of peace, and it's and he says work, which means yeah. it takes effort. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No, on its own. Like you, we have to do do something. We really do. We really do. And I, I was just thinking about how important that is to look at a situation. I, I'm telling you, if we come into uh, a contention or a division or a foolish dispute, you know, oftentimes we get presented with these things and it's like, well, what do I do? And if we don't approach it with a pure motive and we have either one of two things can, we can come with, either there's a chip on our shoulder and we actually have been waiting to talk mm -hmm. about this and we're, yep. we're ready to go, or there's actually like, we didn't come into it pure and now we get opened up to something. Right. And now it's like, oh, I didn't know that. Right. I didn't know that. Like, right. oh my goodness, my image has changed of right. that situation or right. that person. Right. And I want to kind of bring it right back here. I sensed the Lord on this and, and we didn't get there. I'm going to work backwards for a mm. moment. Um, going back up to Titus 3, 2, to speak evil of no man. Now, I, I know that there are times that we feel very vindicated and righteous and mm -hmm. speaking evil about mm -hmm. somebody. But the scripture says in First Peter that Jesus, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. He didn't even open his mouth. I look at you, you're rolling <laughs> know, your eyes. I wish everybody I know, could see it. I, I wish it's, uh, but this is what we're challenged with. First Peter 2, 23, Jesus, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. Mm -hmm. He didn't fight I back. Know. He yep. committed himself to God, yep. who judges all things righteously. And, you know, like my flesh is already <laughs> trying to like, well, there's gotta be some qualifiers. And it's like, no, they're no, crucifying like, that's you. That's what he said. Like he said, you know, father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Jesus, they know exactly what they're doing. Like they put their the nails through your hand. You know? I know. Like, uh. but but here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I want to say this. It's like, I can't believe we're out of time. I told you we could go forever on this. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, "Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing." And we look in the natural and we say, "They clearly know what they're doing." In the spirit, they have no idea. I believe that the Lord has revealed. I've seen this. That if people, people. Mm -hmm actually knew what they were doing to one another in the spirit, they would not no. do it. Satan yeah. is the one who is after right. using, spinning, manipulating, twisting. We mm -hmm. would never come into agreement with that because we wouldn't want it, right. especially Christian brothers and sisters. Right. We would not be doing it. And so this place where we're going to speak evil of no man, we may have to ask the Lord to put a gag over our mouth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Sam Connolly had quickly on Sunday, like said, oh, you know, Colossians 3 has a lot of stuff for, you know, the breakdown. Like, And I, I just like took a look at it just a little while ago, and I just got stuck on this one passage, and it's one of my favorite passages. And I really feel that it really applies to how we're supposed to Good. like walk this out. Um, so Colossians three sixteen through seventeen, um, we read: Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom He gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say. Do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So good. Do you know where I thought you were going to go? No. That's so you good. You got something else? Just a few passages before that. Then you go to it. Make allowance for each other's faults. There we go. Everything yep. you're saying, mm -hmm. everything that we're talking about with these places is like we have the opportunity. We have the opportunity to everything you're saying about Wait, I can see in the spirit. I can mm -hmm. see you or the situation through pure eyes. Right. And the, the making allowance, I think a, a right understanding of that, it's like I'm not 
giving you a free pass. No. It's, it's me giving you room to grow yeah. in the same way that I hope you give me room to grow. Yes. Because I also have faults. Yeah. Well, this is the place on forgiveness. We were just talking with somebody earlier today. The, the change on forgiveness for me came when I realized that to forgive is not to approve. We struggle many times with forgiveness because we think it puts a stamp of approval right. and we're now we're now removing our right to hold that person at ransom until they pay. The truth is that's why Jesus is saying, Father, forgive them. They'll never be able to pay. Mm-hmm. You get that from the parable right. of of you know the the two workers and the one who couldn't pay the exorbitant amount but was forgiven, and yet he went and tried to squeak out mm-hmm. the other guy for a small amount. And so we have this place where that forgiveness has to come from that mm. total place. It's got to be surrender. It's like, okay, Lord. I... <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, man, listen, I have thoroughly enjoyed today's show. I thought it was great. Uh, let's just pray over our time together. Pray over you as you're listening. And Father, we give these moments to you right now. We thank you that you are faithful. Lord, uh, Luke and I have talked about so much, and Pastor Zach was communicating so many points on Sunday, from the raven to the dove to the pure to the defiled to the submission to authority. Um, to not speaking evil of anyone, uh, to not get caught up in divisions and disputes and contentions. We set our heart, like Luke said at the beginning of the show, it all boils down to a posture of the heart. Help us together come to the place. Help us individually to come to the place where our heart is bowed before you. And it's as you lead us, not our will, but yours be done. We ask you, we trust you, and we thank you for how you're leading us by your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm Luke Nicholas Rock. And I am Kurt Timothy McWilliams. And that's The Breakdown. We'll catch you next week. Give me a-